Hi, this is Brent Hilming, and thanks for tuning in to part two of a three-part series called Developing a Dynamic Worship Ministry. Again, this is a three-part series, so if you missed part one, go back and catch that, and make sure to stay tuned for part three as well. Thanks for joining us. Let's move on now into the uh, social component here. Again, we're talking, as just a quick little recap, about the three components of developing a dynamic worship ministry. And uh, there's the social. Well, first there's the musical, which is the actual skill set itself. Again, if you're in another ministry, which is drama or whatever it may be, the specific skill set for you would be this first component. So since we're talking worship, it's obviously musical. Um, there's social and there's spiritual, which is the three that combine. And I've given the the visual of the bicycle wheel um, and the spokes as the bicycle wheel, the rim is connected to the hub of the wheel by the spokes. And it's the connection of the spokes, the actual components, those spoke components and their um, being in the proper tension that helped to create the wheel moving and rolling along smoothly. And so in that, with that picture, I'm, I'm equating the a dynamic worship ministry that's functioning well and maturely and um, and dynamically in the church as that wheel rolling smoothly and the spokes would be these components the musical social and spiritual and and obviously there's so many others uh, I mentioned this earlier there's so many other components to it but I, I feel that most of the components fall under these three main categories of the skill set musical um, the social and in the spiritual so. Part one was about the, uh, you know, the spiritual, I mean, the uh, the musical here. So make sure you catch that. This will be now just about social. So, you know, this is another kind of no brainer, similar to the, um, the musical um, being our skill set that, you know, we, we make a presentation in music. And so we come together with our various skills to create this, this band or this team or this musical sound, this presentation of music and of worship. And, you know, similar just in a, in a no-brainer is that there's people involved in this, and therefore it makes it social, which therefore makes it um, sometimes very interesting, and it makes it a component that really needs time and energy and focus um, to see the importance of what it means for us to be in community as a social network. And so for this, you know, particular topic here of the of the dynamic worship ministry, I'll be speaking primarily just about the the dynamics of the team members themselves. So, uh, again, this works no matter what size team you have. This is you know th- these these teachings here they're principle based. They're not just specific. Do it my way. Here's my way is best, or this way is best. It's about the principles and building those principles into what you do. So I'm hoping that anytime you you're hearing me teach, you're being able to take the the, the core value and the core principle I'm 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 espousing, um, and and uh, holding up for your inspection and taking that. And then looking at it through the lens of your reality and the lens of your situation, and seeing how that principle plugs in and fits, um, and I think you'll find that it, it it actually really is can be very helpful, no matter what situation. Whether it's um, your worship ministry right now consists of your sound person um, and a uh, guitar player and a singer, 
that's okay. There's a social dynamic happening there. Or whether you have multiple teams with multiple, you know, full worship teams and players, or maybe even a choir. I mean, you know, the, the whole the whole gamut there. And obviously, um, the more people involved at times, the more difficult or the more um, focused and important some of the social dynamics can be. I mean, they'll take on kind of a life of their own. Um, and it's been said before that being in a band, uh, let's say it's a four, you know, four or five people in a band, it's almost like having four or five marriages, you know, all happening there as far as interpersonal relationships. And what makes for worship team, what, what makes sometimes this thing so maybe more complicated than it might be um, in any other type of social um, situation is that it's it's part of ministry. It's part of being in the church. It, and it has the spiritual and the God aspects, you know, that are part of it. And sometimes that makes people approach things differently and it makes it feel kind of weird. And it gives maybe some different type of dynamics that might not be present in other, in other venues. But, um, man, the social is so important. So, um, you know, the key or the core value here really that I see the, the core value for this component is loving one another. It's loving one another, plain and simple. I mean, Jesus said it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's the whole of the prophets are kept in, in those commandments. It, love God first, our community, our families, our, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, the world. That's, what, that's what's important. That's what drives us. And so this particular spoke is really important. And I have found in worship ministries because they're made up of musicians and which can be kind of these artsy types of people. And um, uh, at times, relational things can be a little bit difficult um, because, uh, you know, there's some melancholy and some phlegmatic type of attitudes that are involved with, uh, (laughs) with us musical and artsy people. And it can strain relationships. And so it's really important that we focus on this. And, and again, getting, you know, touching on the fact that these three components um, overlap each other, you know, the musical, social, spiritual. Again, if, if a social dynamic in the team is strained or is out of whack, it affects musicality. So if your singer, if your two singers are having an issue together um, with each other, or there's, you know, pride or conflicts, or maybe something completely outside of music has affected them. Some other type of social dynamic relationship has just been uh, damaged. That affects the spiritual content and the spiritual, um, uh, you know, dynamic of the team. Uh, It puts stress into the situation. And if you don't think people in the congregation can see that up on stage, then you're mistaken. They they really can. And if they can't physically see it, they, they can sense it. And it can hamper the flow of worship. And we talked earlier about how important it is that God wants us to be in unity with one another. Um, and so, you know, you already said, leave your, leave your, uh, your gift at the altar and, and go and make it right with your brother, then come back. And so we know that these core principles are in place here. And um, we really need to focus on making sure our relationships are okay one to another. And this is something that I just find, you know, a- a- out of everything, this seems to be the one that takes some continual fine-tuning and work within a band and dynamic situation. Um, and if, if you uh, had to give some time to it, I, I would 
I would make sure you're really focused on, on this one as well. It'll make the spiritual as well as the, the musical flow um, a lot easier. But um, it's important that we understand, first of all, from, from just the core value of our social network, that when we come together as a worship band, this isn't about us um, getting to grandstand our gift. We come together to create a unit to serve the body, to, to encourage and edify the body so that they can connect with God as we lead them in worship and praise. It's really important because if we have the focus of viewing worship team and getting involved in a worship team and staying involved in a worship team as something that is for our own glory, you know, which happens a lot. We got to check our, ourselves all the time. It begins to taint everything and we and we come at it from more of a selfish view and be, we become territorial and, and um, you know, the singer only wants to sing this or the guitar player. If I don't get a lead here, I can't do this or the drummer if I'm not doing this or you know, I've had people um, just saying, well, if you if you don't let me play it the way I want, you know, you're stifling my creativity. And there's there's just these examples of how we come at it from not a, a community sense of coming together and uh, deferring one to another in the band relationally and musically to create this thing. But we, we have this, this whole personal and selfish kind of means. We need to really watch those and guard those. And as a worship leader, those are things that you should be praying about and praying for your team members for and for yourself and for just the, just the makeup of your community, your worship community, you know, that, that our hearts are humble. So humility is a huge, huge key to, um, to making this social component strong and vibrant. And again, it plays into the spiritual and it plays into the musical. But humility is something that's really key. And, it, you know, obviously humility really enables us to love one another. So, you know, I think there's an obviousness to the social aspect that we need to love one another and have humility. But how do we practically make that happen you know, or, or help encourage that or keep it, um, keep it flowing? And so let me just talk about a handful of things here. One is, um, l- let me show you a quote by, by Bob Coughlin um, from his book, um, Worship Matters. And if, if you haven't read that book yet, I really encourage you to go out and get uh, Worship Matters, especially if you're a worship leader. It's, I think it should be a must read uh, for, for anybody um, espousing to be in the worship ministry. Uh, just a, a great book, well thought out, uh, well written. He says, um, the church doesn't need leaders now, in this context of leaders, let me pause there. I mean, not just the worship leader, but also band leaders. Okay. I mean, also the players themselves. We are all as a team leading worship. Okay. In my role, I may step up and be the focal point or the, the lead leader, <laughs> the worship leader. They might, you know, that, that I might hold that title, but my, the, the band, the, the worship team together, we lead, we are all leaders in that sense. Okay, so let's apply it to all of us here. Let me start the quote again. The church doesn't need leaders who love to lead people in worship, but don't love the people they're serving. Did you catch that? The church doesn't need leaders who love to lead people in worship, but don't love the people they're serving. So this kind of hits at us from two different angles because in the band, we serve each other. You know, we defer one to another um, as we're playing together. And yet we also serve the congregation. So this has a two-pronged approach here. 
So loving one another, the core value of our social dynamic here, our social component, means that we serve one another. You can't do that without humility. That's why I was talking about humility being such the big key. So I'm looking for people to be a part of the worship ministry first and foremost that have a heart for loving others and serving others and they want to do it through this particular gifting. Okay? I'm expecting that the uh, that that the ushers are are the same, that the people overseeing the ushers or you know whatever. I mean, they have people that just want to serve the greeters at the door by greeting and and they want to use their giftings to serve that way. So but sorry, I, I'm digressing, but getting back to the musical section here, we need to be leaders who don't just love leading people in worship, but we actually love the people and we love each other. So um, one of the key ways to keep the social dynamic happening is communication. Communication is so very important and communication from a whole variety of aspects. But churches many times are not known for having strong inner inner dynamic communication skills, okay? Meaning um, communicating specific stuff like what time we're going to be there. Oh, there's a change in the service. Make sure we get that done out. What time is rehearsal going to be? For some reason, those, those key little components fall down all the time. And so if you want a dynamic worship ministry, communication has got to be a strong suit. You've got to make sure that that's a priority that you communicate effectively and consistently to your team members. And there's all sorts of things to communicate upon. The schedule is one. Um, I really try and make sure that when I'm in charge of scheduling and leading worship, that I get I get the schedule out. Um, you know, I try and map it out as far in advance as I can, several months at least, to give people um, an idea of knowing what's coming so they can plan their lives. Because the reality is we're all volunteers, right, coming together to serve um, in the church, or at least, um, you know, that's the reality for most of us. So there's other things pressing for their time, work, family, you know, the kids, um, whatever. I mean, it's all kids sports, you know, all sorts of things. Um, then when the kids get older, I mean, you know, us parents, we've just become taxi drivers, you know, sh- you know, shooting them all over the place. So to know what the schedules, to know what's expected ahead of time is really, really important. When I schedule a team, it's not just a task. I'm not just trying to plug people into a spot. Instead, I'm thinking, I want to honor them by getting them this information. I want to honor my team as soon as far in advance as I can so that they can plan. Or if there's a, a, a schedule problem, we have plenty of time to change it and it doesn't create this major stress of a big you know, crisis at the, in the moment. Now, crisis has happened. But I'm just trying. I'm talking about what what we do ahead of time to try and avoid those. And the more proactive we can be in this way, the the less crises we have. But I've been, you know, team members have told me how much they appreciate the fact of getting um, the schedule out and knowing what's coming out ahead of time. And obviously, we can't do this too far in advance because it just isn't practical. But I think a two, you know, two month or so, you know, two maybe three at the very most. Um, schedule out there is probably really helpful. And then um, people can, like I said, we can adapt. But that helps in the social dynamic. It keeps information flowing. Um, If there's changes in the schedule, um, you know, all that sort of information. And I do this via email, via um, texting, via whatever. I I use use technology to your advantage. If you can send out emails, 
um, for some of these, some broadcast type of things, that's awesome. Do that for like the schedule or for just, you know, whatever. I used to do a newsletter I used to send out. Here's, there's another way of keeping information flowing. Um, I used to use all these tools. Um, sending out the emails for the scheduling, sending out emails for certain vital information. Um, not everybody's on email, so you may have to do some calling or sending out a letter in the mail. Um, those are great ways to to connect with people. I would um, at times I've done a newsletter where I've done a monthly or bi- or every other month newsletter that had certain features in there. There's a lot of creative ways that you can stay connected. And it, as a worship leader or as thing, it does put a little more work on you, but it's really great. I used to, I used to have team members love to get the newsletter because they were being communicated to, not just being told about specific dynamics like schedule, but in my newsletter, I might, I might have either included an article I saw in worship and, um, you know, tried to put that in there, or um, I wrote an article, or um, I had someone on the team write an article and a couple of times I did like a team member highlight, you know, where I just did a quick little interview with like one of the team members so we could, people could get to know them. At that time we had a really large team, five or so teams that were rotating and the whole thing. So, you know, I just kind of did some fun little things like that. A pastor's quarter, I had our pastor, senior pastor, write an article and put it in there. Um, now that was a lot of work. I have to admit, you know, doing that, that was kind of above and beyond, but, um, for a season that really served and it was one tool, just one touch, you know, into the team that people could appreciate. Some people liked the newsletter. I'm sure some people didn't really care, but there was a communication going out. So they'd get my emails about the schedule um, and encouraging them to check in with me. I would um, send out, you know, a a newsletter. Um, I would make it a point, worship leaders, make it a point to just make connections with, with your team members. Even if they're just quick and simple, even if it's on Sunday, you make sure that not only do you connect with your team that's playing, but maybe in between services real quick or here and there, you know, find a handful of people that um, are in the worship ministry, but might even not be on that week or something and just say hi, just check in with them. Just, just say what's going on, you know, just make a connection point so that they see that you're really in, that you're really, that they're something. See, people want to know that they're not just a warm body plugged into a hole on the calendar or plugged into a space. Um, I'm trying to remember the, uh, it was a business leadership book that I read this and um, the name is escaping me right now. But he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Say it again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So my worship, so when I apply that to my worship team and my leadership of the worship ministry, I want to make sure, first of all, that I'm in a place where I honestly and authentically care (laughs) about the people. And they're not just people I'm plugging into a schedule in a hole just to make sure we have it all covered. That will not serve you well in the end. Trust me on that. Eventually that will blow up and people will be disillusioned and they'll fly away. And if you're having trouble keeping volunteers, perhaps in your church, that might be one aspect you might want to look at. That may be one of the keys is that they're not sensing that there's a value on them as a person. And I always used to tell my band and hold this and espouse this belief as well that people are people first and players second. People first, players second. So, and people have lives that are going on and there's, and, and I want to be connected to their life as well in whatever way I can. And obviously if it's a really large ministry that limits my circle, I can only, you know, hand, you know, touch and be connected 
more intimately with so many people, but I try and be connected with all of them, um, if, if at all possible. So make social contact. Uh, one way to do that lately is, uh, so, you know, technology is great in email, um, a text, you know, uh, currently in my situation, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm working, um, you know, work schedule is just so busy that at times it can't always get during the day. But if I have a few times at night, even if it's late at night, I'll send an email out or I'll send a text out to someone to say, Hey, was thinking about you. Just hope you're doing well, checking in. If there's anything that's up, you know, give me a call or let's arrange a time to connect. Um, you know, and there, and there's a way to, to reach out, even if I can't do it voice to voice on the phone or if I can't do it face to face I'm touch I'm reaching out and trying to make a social connection and trying to make sure that they know they're a people they're a person <laughs> in my heart and in my mind first besides being a player now a, a warning about the issue of technology is that emails and texts at times can come off sterile and cold if there's not an authenticity behind them if there's not authentic relationship that's already flowing behind them. Um, so I, you know, I can't reach out to people if it's just always just this, this absolute, you know, non-personal connection over time that that's not going to really cut it. So there needs to be a blend of those things. Um, you know what is a great way as well. There was a time where, um, and I've, I've gotten away from this practice and I, I uh, probably should get back to it, but I used to send out personal notes as well every now and then. I'd be, I would just keep a stack of personal notes, and I, I learned this from um, a business seminar as well, just staying in connection with people. But I, I use that tool for my, you know, in my ministry. I'd write them a personal note just to say, hey, I was thinking about you, and I hope you're doing well, or hey, I heard this, and this reminded me of you, or I mean, whatever the context is, and just fire them off a personal note. You know, sometimes that's cool. People just to think, wow, they took the time to write something and send it in the mail, which in today's day of email and everything else is, is kind of getting to be a little bit special when you receive something like that in the mail. So that's another way to do it. Um, but as a leader, you need to reach out to the people individually, your team members individually. And then you also need to do, you need to create um, places off of the stage or off of the rehearsal time where there is a social dynamic can happen and community can happen with your, t with your players. So here's some practical ways of, of what I mean by that. Um, which, this has kind of been a standard that I've tried to do um, after rehearsals. Um, we try and do rehearsals eff effectively and as efficiently as possible so that um, afterwards we go out um, afterwards and like grab a burrito or something. So now we're doing, we do our rehearsals in the middle of the week, so we have to be really conscious of time. But there'll usually be a handful of us that might go out and grab a burrito or grab something. In fact, I plan my day for dinner to be after the rehearsal just so I could have that opportunity usually to do that. And I'll invite whoever wants to come. And sometimes a hand, good number of people come, sometimes only one or two. And it really doesn't matter. What you're doing is you're, you're letting them know that there's time for them off of the stage and outside of worship. And that really helps to create, you know, memories together and connection points together. And there's fellowship together. And you get to talk sometimes about things other than music, but you get to just interact and talk. And, and that's, that's something that's simple. So maybe you can do something like that. Or, um, so that's, that's a regular idea. Another is, um, I've held, um, kind of like home fellowships um, in my home for the worship ministry or worship team. And, uh, you know, I would do this not every month. I would probably do this at the most every other month or maybe quarterly. 
and I would just invite everybody over to my house for, uh, you know, dessert and coffee or whatever. And we just would hang out together. And um, I do like a little home group. Sometimes I do a little Bible study or teaching about worship itself or what's going on. Other times we would just kind of uh, hang out and socialize. Um, we would worship together. You know, it, it was it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit on, on what could happen with that. But it was a place outside of the platform, outside of the task that we did together, the musical task. And it was a way that we could connect and socialize and be a group together. We could pray for one another at that point. We would do all sorts of things like that. Um, it, anyway, it just created social places. And I can't tell you how far and how helpful those things are and how much it matters. Those things really increase your productivity and your effectiveness when you're on the stage. A band that really likes each other and connects together and has a social network together plays well together. That's that's just, there's just something that happens in that dynamic. And so I do it for a variety of reasons, um, which we'll talk about in the spiritual section coming up. That's another reason why I do these little home groups. But but there's a way. Um, I've, I've gotten the teams together sometimes just to watch a movie. I remember once we watched Mr. Holland's Opus. Now that's going back quite a ways, <laughs> but you have to find appropriate movies. But we just kind of all went to a movie together and watched this. And that was kind of fun. You know, whoever could come, we, we went and did that one Saturday. And that was really cool. Um, I've had videos over at the house. We've watched worship team dynamic videos, um, you know, for part of this home group. Whatever it is, I mean, it was whatever excuse to gather and to have dessert together. You know, we used to gather and, and do that. And that really was helpful and goes a long way. Again, you'll have to pick and choose some of these suggestions I'm giving to see what works for your situation. Whatever works best for you. And some of you can do all these. Some of you will do a couple of them. Some of you will come up with your own ideas um, and ways to do it. That's awesome. The principle is that you need that we need to gather and we need to gather off the platform, not just on the platform. Okay? Because we are a we're a community. And now one little quick caution, I don't have time to go into this today, but I've seen worship teams become cliques. Although this social network is this dynamic is is important and it's viable, I've seen teams become cliquish and not let other people in. This is why it's not just, if you have multiple teams or even uh, one solid team and players that rotate in, involve everybody. Don't let the click thing happen. And even the click, as opposed to between the band and the congregation, sometimes there can be an us and versus them mentality. Don't let that happen either. Be really wary of that, which is another reason why it's good to have your team members come to church when they're not playing. Encourage them to be there at church, even when they may not be playing that day. It, it, it gives the sense of connection. You know, the person in the congregation sees, you know, the guitar player up there one week um, leading him and, and, he, and then the next week he's standing next to him in the congregation. There's, it creates this, this unity and that's a good social dynamic too. It's a little different take on the social dynamic than how I'm approaching it right now, but, but that's important. So, um, or there's hospitality items too. Find out when your team members' birthdays are. Find out, you know, when there might be anniversaries or whatever, and and acknowledge that. You know, I've 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 been able to get cards before and have everybody on the team sign a card and give a card to a team member, you know, or bring a cupcake to a rehearsal, you know, or something. I mean, there's just things you can do, and it, and it, but it's really important. So I'm encouraging: don't just give your time to the musical component and practicing and rehearsing and doing the task, which is super important. 
but give place and time for the social dynamic. Have fun together. Well, I tell you, if we're not having fun after a while, I just don't want to go through a hard rehearsal and just kind of beat ourselves up musically every every week. I want to have fun together. I want to know that I really have places to connect and enjoy these team members together. So um, anyway, encourage that. Encourage the social. Encourage the musical. Encourage the social. Make sure that there's a place to to that we love one another. Approach your team with a pastor's heart. That's the, that's the little final comment I want to say on this. Okay, approach them with a pastor's heart. You may or may not wear the title of pastor. That's irrelevant. The fact is when you're leading a team and you're gathering together, you're overseeing a ministry, there's a pastoral element that is happening. So care for them. Know that you want to have an eye towards, I want to care for them. In other words, again, back to that phrase, they are people first, players second. They want to know how much you care, not just how much you know. Okay? So that's the social element, and let's uh, turn our eyes now towards uh, the spiritual element. This presentation is part of the teaching and worship ministry of Brent Helming. Additional resources are available at www.brenthelming.com. We'd like to give a special thanks to Mark Griffo for the original music featured on this podcast, and thank you again for tuning in.